When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Hey, this is Josh Lyles. Uh, this is the very first Bears podcast. I got Chris Nano here with me, and I have Jake Hassan. And I'll let these guys uh, introduce themselves, too. I'm Jake. Uh, I'm currently at the University of Illinois, journalism student. Uh, hopped on Bears Nation about a year ago and doing did some writing, now the site manager. And this is the next chapter of that, so excited to see where this goes. What's up, guys? I'm um, Chris Nano. Um, I am at a community college right now. I'm planning to transfer to Indiana University to pursue uh, sports journalism. Um, and I just recently joined the Bears Nation team. Um, I'm one of the, the contributors on the social media page, uh, the Twitter page uh, for Bears Nation. I'm Josh Lyles, and I'm just a normal Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> I'm not in, into in, any journalism, uh, but uh, I would love to. It's definitely a passion of mine, and... Uh, I just chill on the beach in Hawaii, so that's where I'm at right now. I live here in Hawaii, and uh, yeah, so let's get started. Let's go straight into free agency. Um, the big name, Allen Robinson, 6'3", 209 pounds. Uh, Jake or Chris, you guys want to ch- chime in on Allen Robinson? Yeah, uh, I'll defer to Chris first on this one, if you'd like. Yeah, um, so this was the big name free agency this year. Um Pretty sure all of us uh, were looking at this guy coming into to the offseason. Um, I mean, in my opinion, and the stats, for the most part, back it up. Um, I think he's a top 10 receiver when he- when he's healthy. Um, you know, he got paid like he's a top 10 receiver, and deservingly so. Um, you know, he's he's a fantastic addition to this team. I like I, it was my dream addition. I, I honestly didn't didn't know if it was going to happen, and uh, Pace came through with it. Um, but I think he's going to be insanely good for, for this offense. Um, Mitch Trubisky finally has has a guy that he can rely on. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how uh, he works in this offense, but uh, I think it's going to be for the good. Yeah, I mean, just piggybacking off that, I, I also think Robinson's great for the offense. Uh, the Bears haven't had a true number one receiver, a real game changer in two years uh, since Alshon Jeffrey left. And even Jeffrey wasn't really a a game breaker. He was just more of a guy that could go up in the end zone and pull down touchdowns. He didn't really have those uh, game-changing plays that you see. And Robinson can do that. I mean, he can fly uh, down the sidelines between the numbers, too. I mean, he's good in the middle of the field. So I think it's a really good thing to get Trubisky, that sure-handed weapon that you can get. Obviously, the ACL injury is concerning, but... I mean, in today's game, players come back from ACLs all the time, and I just don't think it's something that needs to be worried about too much. 
Yeah, to that point with Keenan uh, Allen last year, comeback player of the year, came off an ACL injury and completely destroyed the league last year with uh, almost uh, 1,400 yards and uh, six touchdowns. Like, he was just a monster. So, I mean, people come back from those injuries nowadays. So Yeah, I, I think Robinson's a good complement to the receivers the Bears do have. I think Meredith is more of a uh, kind of a, a guy. He's not a burner. I mean, he's got kind of a make-the-tough-catches kind of guy, whereas Robinson's more of a highlight real guy yeah i mean he obviously makes the the tough catches too uh the gritty catches i guess if you will but i think those guys can really work well together agreed so next guy up is taylor gabriel 5'8 168 pounds a little guy like Tariq cohen um the guy's just fast he's elusive um but all the hype on him I do, I do like it, what he brings to the table, but all the hype on him. I don't. He, he obviously can't carry a team, but he's a, a sweet addition to uh, all the guys that we have in our wide receiver core. So, uh, Chris or Jake, you guys have any more to say on him? Or yeah, um, you know th- this this one kind of caught me off guard. I was not expecting this move at all. Um, I know we were after another wide receiver after Allen Robinson. Um, Taylor Gabriel was one of the guys that I was that I saw on all over Twitter as as a possible target for the bears. Um, but I still remember I was, uh, I was with my, with a couple of my friends, uh, at my house and we were just watching some soccer and, um, popped up on my phone. I was like, wow, they actually pulled this, pulled this off. And, um, you know, yeah, like, uh, like Josh said, it's, this guy has wheels. He is like, he, he is the type of guy who can, who can have a bad game and then he'll just have one play will where he'll like break loose for a 60 yard touchdown or something like that. Um, you know his elusive, elusiveness, as Josh mentioned, is just insane. Uh, and you know they 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 don't call him Turbo Taylor for no reason. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I like Gabriel. I like what he brings to the table. I think out of the slot he'll be good. I also like the potential of Nagy using him in kind of trick plays. I mean, we saw what Cohen was involved in, uh, and he's like Josh mentioned earlier. He's kind of the same build, kind of same type of player, just fast, uh, elusive guy that can give defenses a different look and i kind of like what potential there is to kind of create those mismatches and create some trick plays to see where that goes like i said taylor gabriel he's not going to carry a team uh, no 5'8 168 pound guy is <laughs> that's just the reality of the nfl but he definitely adds a dimension that Nagy he likes to use he's i was uh thinking about this earlier coach Nagy he uh he likes to have that swiss army knife and I feel like that's what Taylor Gabriel brings is just like the the quick, elusive guy that isn't necessarily going to do it all. But he could definitely, like you said, uh, Chris, pull off that 60-yard touchdown randomly. So, All right, Trey Burton, 6'3", 236 pounds. He's no Travis Kelsey. People keep bringing Travis Kelsey up and uh, getting excited about Trey Burton in the same sentence. But unfortunately, Travis Kelsey is a monster. Uh, but... You guys have anything to say on him? Yeah, um, I I think he was the best tight end on the market personally. Um, you know his his numbers last year aren't really I they don't really pop out. Um, but you know he's he's a good pass catching tight end, very good I'd say. Um, you know he's still young, he's relatively young. Um, and him him and Shaheen, you know they could they could grow together. Um, you could possibly see some two tight end sets, uh, which which will definitely definitely be interesting. Something that we haven't been able to do in a really long time. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think he's going to be a good addition, uh, especially in the red zone. Um, he's a he's a guy that that you can rely on to catch some touchdowns. 
um you know maybe even bail uh trubisky out a couple times like uh like we were talking about kind of like alshon jeffrey but yeah it's, as a tight end so yeah I, I i really like this move as well um with these three moves i think pace has been fantastic so far this offseason yeah i mean i like burton uh i know josh you said he's not travis kelsey and there are those i there people are saying it but i wouldn't say they're comparisons because they aren't the same size or but i think it's more of comparisons in the type of role that burton will be in because we know that uh Nagy likes to use the tight end prominently and I think people are more excited about what the potential is to use Burton in those roles uh, because obviously he's not as big as Kelsey he's not as fast but I think he's going to be featured prominently and like Chris said Adam Shaheen's there too and they can work off each other um, and obviously it's hard to beat Travis Kelsey because he's one of the top probably what two three tight ends in the league so sure. expecting that right off the bat uh, especially like you guys said, the numbers don't pop off, but I mean, remember that Burton was behind again, one of another top tight end in the league, Zach Ertz for most of the year. So, uh, but he showed enough, obviously in his limited role that pace was confident in giving him that kind of money and that kind of guarantee. So like Chris said, I think this is a very good group that pace has put together. I think, uh, each guy highlights a different strength for Trubisky and uh, it's really exciting to think about what that core can do together. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, number four, Katie Park, uh, Katie, Cody Parkey. Uh, he's just a breath of fresh air just because we've, we've had such, ever since Robbie Gold, we've just had such bad luck with kickers. So, uh, yeah, it, you guys have anything to chime in on him? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm just going to chime off what you said. It's, it's, it is refreshing, honestly, to have a kicker that you can rely on. Um, I think he's a he's going to be a damn good kicker for us. Um, you know, once Robbie Gold left, it's just been excuse my language, but it's just been a shit show, man. It's been mm-hmm. bad. Um, just you know, like like when when Connor Barth would come to kick, it would be like, please make this thirty four yarder. You know what I mean? And like we didn't have anyone to rely on um, to get us those free points, and you know, ultimately those points have cost us cost us a lot of games last year. So um, I really hope Cody Parkey you know, is a step up from Connor Barth, which I think he is, but you never know. But, um, I think, I think he's a, he's a great signing for us. Um, I think he's going to be reliable and that's all you can ask for in a kicker really. So, yeah, I mean, he's not spectacular. He's not, uh, I mean, he's not someone you get, I mean, no kickers really someone you get excited about, but it's just nice to have that kind of stability because like you guys said, Barth was never really reliable. You were always kind of wondering if he was going to make it or not. I mean, I mean, looking just looking at it, Parky looks like he's pretty consistent. I mean, he looks automatic from about inside 40 yards. Um, his long last year was a 54-yarder, so I'm pretty confident that, yeah, the Bears shouldn't lose as many points as they have in the past this year on special teams, which will obviously go a long way in uh, winning games and putting those points up on the scoreboard and not just leaving them on the field. Well, what stinks, what was so disappointing with uh, Connor Barth is like, We'd be on the verge of winning a game, last three points, and if he just made the kick, we'd win the game and it'd be over. But uh, he he could never follow through. Whereas Cody Parkey has he has made those game-winning uh, field goals uh, and and has that track record. And uh, just to mention it, the beautiful onside kick against the Raiders uh, last last year. It, it, 
It's just he does he does things that are game changing at at the kicking position, which is pretty rare. So number five, uh, backup quarterback Chase Daniel, career backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, there's really not too much to say about Chase Daniel. Um, you know, he's been in the league for quite some time, so he could be playing like a mentor type role for Mitch Trubisky. Um, I know he played under Nagy in Kansas City, I believe. So um, he'll 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 be familiar with the system and whatnot. But I think th- he's a, he's an okay backup. Um, nothing to get excited over. But I just I just like his uh, I just like the the you know the idea of him being a, a mentor for Mitch Trubisky more than anything. Yeah, I mean this is just a system move more than anything. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Nagy knows him. Likewise, Daniel knows the system. He can help Trubisky catch up if he starts falling behind uh, in the early season workouts, if he needs help, if he needs to ask questions. I mean, Daniel's just there to be a sounding board for Trubisky, which is good. I mean, you need that, especially when you're trying to learn a new system. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good move. It wasn't wasn't an overly expensive deal, career backup. I mean, it's just kind of a calming presence more than anything. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's thrown behind Drew Brees, Alex Smith, and uh, also helped Carson Wentz kind of build up his resume too so it's it like you said it's just nice to have that mentor right there behind our uh, franchise quarterback Mitch Trubisky so number six is actually my favorite uh addition other than Allen Robinson it's a linebacker Aaron Lynch um dude was a beast coming out of uh college and first two seasons under Vic Fangio's defense a force to be reckoned with I mean he only had six six sacks in each of his first two seasons but he just constantly just caused pressure after pressure after pressure. So, and obviously that's what you need to to get turnovers. But I'll let before I get before I get too excited, I'll let you guys chime in on this. So, uh, Jake, you have anything? Yeah, I mean Lynch is he's had some issues over the last couple of seasons staying on the field. Uh, only seven, fourteen games combined over the last two years. So, uh, if he stays healthy. Yeah, like you said, I mean, he's a monster. I mean, he could really cause some havoc in the backfield, uh, which is something the Bears need. I mean, Leonard Floyd has shown flashes of being able to be that guy that gets into an opponent's backfield, uh, kind of disrupts the rhythm, but he's had his own issues staying on the field. So uh, if Lynch is anything close to what he was in his first two years under Fangio, I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah, um, I definitely have to agree with that. Lynch was a guy that was rumored to be a target for the Bears like towards the end of the year, and a lot of Bears fans on Twitter were crazy about him, hoping that we would get it done, and we did. And you know, like uh, like Jake said, he's he's him next to Leonard Floyd. If he can stay on the field, would be pretty dangerous. Um, I don't think he's gonna be. I don't know if he'll be a starter right away, um, but I'm, I'm assuming we draft someone in the maybe second or third round. Um, that could be opposite of Leonard Floyd, but um, you know him competing with whoever else we bring in uh, would be would be pretty awesome. You know we'd have maybe three three really good edge rushers. Um, like you guys said, that he he you know constantly is there you know pressuring the quarterback. So uh, I I really like this move as well. Um, so there were rumors that came out that he was lazy um, the last two last two seasons and. But one thing you have to understand is when Harbaugh left, the whole team left um, with the 49ers. And so that could really uh, – do you really want a guy who loses competitiveness um, when circumstances arise? And my opinion, yes, in this situation, because he's coming into a new environment. 
Um, he's coming into potentially a winning team, and if he gets excited with his with his surroundings and finding out, hey, this is a real team that I could actually win with, and that gets him stoked. I, I honestly, like like I said, I'm excited about him. I mean, maybe I'm a little biased, uh, but I think he's going to be good. Um, so some honorable mentions that we don't have to get too too deep in is uh, quarterback Tyler Bray and uh, offensive guard slash center Earl Watford. So you guys can go ahead and tackle those guys. Yeah, um, Tyler Bray is probably just going to be a camp body, um, but – you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. He's he's all right. He's not nothing to get excited over, obviously. But um, uh, Earl Wofford, um, I've I've actually been paying attention to him lately. Are doing some research on him, um, I should say. But uh, he wasn't very good from what I've heard and seen. Uh, but there's no guarantee he's even going to make the team as well. So uh, these guys are probably just guys to fill up the roster more than anything. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, Chris, I mean, it's mostly depth moves. Um, the Bears are a little thin as of right now on the offensive line. So uh, they need to bring in some bodies, some guys who have potential or who can just at least run the drills for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I have no problem with either of these. Um, you know, nothing to really pop out, just guys to uh, fill the room more than anything. Cool. Sweet. So now that we've addressed free agency – uh, the Chicago Bears definitely still have gaping holes on the roster. And so I highlight, uh, let's highlight some, some team needs. Um, I have written down edge, cornerback, and offensive guard. You guys, you guys have anything else to add to that as our team needs? Um, I agree with you on all three of those, but I, I would probably throw in linebacker as well. Um, after, you know, Jarrell Freeman's gone. Um, so it's Danny Trevathan. Kwiatkowski and John Timu are some of the guys that come to mind right now. And those those guys are, are Kwiatkowski and Timu are, are good players. I think they're really, really good depth players. Um, but I don't know how confident I would be with them, you know, being starters um, come, what is it, September. So um, I think we definitely need another linebacker. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you on on those those needs. Yeah, I think linebacker is also a need that needs to be addressed. Um and even Trevathan, Trevathan's a great, a, not great, but he's a above average starter. He's very good. Uh, he's just had problems staying on the field, and it's more of can you count on him at this point? So Kwiatkowski's done very well in his stead. I think Kwiatkowski could be a very good starter down the road. Right now, he's a very good uh, rotation guy, very good depth linebacker, uh, and he's shown well when he started. But even he's had some injury issues, so I think – uh, Pace does need to focus on filling that linebacker room a little bit more, getting some more guys in in case of injury. Um, and if that's addressed in the draft, I mean, this is a kind of a deep linebacking uh, draft class. So you can find some valuable pieces in the second or third round. And Pace has done that. I think Kukowski is, what, a fourth-round pick uh, a yeah. few years ago? So, uh, I mean, there's still time, obviously, but it definitely shouldn't be ignored. Edge, obviously, that kind of – uh, you can tie that in with linebacker a little bit. Uh, you can get someone who does both a little bit maybe. Uh, but if Aaron Lynch shows up, uh, edge, I think you can knock it down a little bit uh, down the list. Yeah, I just I just wanted to throw one more thing in there. Uh, I was just so unhappy when, um, when the Lions signed Christian Jones. I think he was phenomenal last year. Um, but I understand you can't keep everyone. But, yeah, that, that, that killed me. Um, I thought – I thought he definitely could have been a starter this year if he had stayed. Um, but 
you know, he got his money. I'm happy for him, but, you know, it kind of it, it stings. That one stings. Well, the thing is, just to go off that, Christian Jones was good, and I agree with you. It was a little tough to watch him go. Um, but at the same time, guys like Jones, I mean, he was he was very good in the run, but he's just a sure tackler. I mean, he wasn't he didn't bring anything really special to I mean, at least to me, like he he showed up and he did his job. He was effective, but he didn't really bring anything that you can't find in any other linebacker out there, uh, whether it be through the draft or free agency. So I think someone like him, I think you could easily find again. I think that's part of the reason he was allowed to walk out the door. So it's easy to throw out uh, team needs based off like what we read on uh, NFL.com and ESPN and even Twitter. But what are some reasons why cornerback is a need? Because uh, we, we re-signed Fuller. We have Prince of Mukamura, who was serviceable. But to you guys, why is cornerback a need for the team? Resigning signing and Fuller was obviously at the top of the to-do list. Um, and it's good that Pace was able to get them both. I was a little worried that uh, when Amukamara was signed ahead of Fuller, I was a little worried that Fuller was gone. But Pace was able to still get him at a reasonable price, match the offer sheet from the Packers. So keeping those two guys is obviously very key. Um, I just like to expand this from cornerback to even the whole secondary because uh, even though you do have Amos and Jackson, who are both pretty highly rated Last season, Amos, I think, was top five. He might have even been top three uh, safety uh, rankings-wise. But the room, and I mean, we keep coming back to this, it's all about depth. I mean, nobody stays healthy forever. And Mukamara's had his injury issues. So has Fuller. Uh, Eddie Jackson had a very bad leg injury a few years ago uh, when he was still in college. So you just need to fill in those bodies, guys who can be effective, guys who can step up when other guys go down. So... Uh, you can just never have enough playmakers, enough guys who can uh, make the calls and stuff in the secondary because that's invaluable. To piggyback off that a little bit, um, I I don't see a very reliable third cornerback after Mukamara. Um, you know, and even him, he's he's shown in his career that he's been pretty inconsistent. Um, I feel like he was he was good for us last year, um, but you know, he's he's never been a consistent starter. Um, so you know he, if he if he can piggyback off last year, I think I think we'll we'll be in good hands. But I, I think we definitely need a third string cornerback, uh, maybe someone in the fourth round. I'd say is probably a good a good place. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a glaring need at, at depth in the secondary. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, building off building off Kyle Fuller and Prince of Mukamara is is not it's not a bad thing at all. Even if we could bring Prince down to cornerback three and bring in like a cornerback two, even off the free agent, the second wave of free agency, like there's still very good cornerbacks still on the uh, uh, free agency. So uh, it, even if we can't find someone in the draft who fits that cornerback two, we could bring Prince down and fill them with Brashad Breland. I know he's going to cost a lot, but there's there's options. What I'm saying. Um, speaking of second wave of free agency, let's kind of get into that. Uh, do you guys have anybody on your sites? I actually, I love Delvin Bro, um, the cornerback for the. He played for the Saints. Um, he's a guy who really struggled with injuries. Um, a lot of Saints fans were kind of just okay with him not resigning with them because of his injury problems. Um, but when he's played, he's been phenomenal. Like I'm talking cornerback one. Uh, type ability when I've when I've seen him play, um, he's locked up some some top notch receivers and I've I'm, I've been you know keeping my eye on him the past couple of years and 
he's, he's, he could be something special if he can stay on the field. But I think that his injuries and, you know, kind of not being able to stay on the field has been why he's, he's still, um, he's still on the market right now. Yeah. Uh, I like bro as well. Uh, I think he could be really good. Um, obviously if the bears were to bring him in, he'd kind of be that number three corner. Uh, but I think we've seen with Fangio that, uh, positions are fluid. So I think roles aren't really defined by one, two, three. I think it's more defined by, okay, here's what you're doing. Uh, and here's when you're going to be number one in this situation, number three in this situation. I think that's kind of what appeals to some players. And if they can sell bro on that awesome, uh, because then you have three really solid corners to work with. And I think that makes the bear secondary even better than it has been. Cause it's been an upward trend recently. Another outside linebacker option. Uh, I don't know how sold I am on this. I just kind of looked at the list and I was like, geez, who do we, <laughs> who could we even bring on? Cause it's so thin and I, an experienced guy um, to kind of replace McPhee. I, and I'm super, super reluctant to say this, but Con- Connor Barwin from, uh, where was he before? I know he's with the Eagles for a long time, but where was he last year? Do you remember? The Rams, was it? Yeah, that's what it was. He was with the Rams. Um, he's a serviceable vet outside linebacker. He's 31 years old, but just that veteran presence is is super helpful, too, with young guys like Aaron Lynch and uh, and Leonard Floyd. So I know he's old. I know um, Pace is trying to get rid of the old bodies in there, but it's just nice to have some kind of veteran presence. So, yeah, I mean, Barwin was like the only guy that was kind of appealing to me. Um, the outside linebackers, there's there's really no one right now. But um, you know, he's he's been the last couple of years. I believe he's had he's had what was it, ten sacks, eleven sacks, something like that. Um, you know, he could be a really good depth guy. Um, all, like you said, he's a veteran, so um, that's that's a guy to keep his eye on. To keep an eye on. Um, I think who he said a visit with the I think Cardinals it was. And I believe the Titans are have their eyes on him. Um, so I don't know how it'll shake out. But, yeah, I think that's probably the only guy that I would say, you know, kind of stands out. All right, let's move on to the draft. Um, go ahead. <laughs> There's so much to talk about with the draft. Um, any, I'm getting sick of hearing about the draft over and over again. I just wish it was here just so we can get past it and get into the offseason uh, workouts and stuff. But uh, what do you guys have to say about the draft? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, um, I mean, this is going to be what, a line that every every Bears fan has heard already, but ideally four quarterbacks go in the top five or six picks because then that allows guys to fall down to the Bears. Um, I'm hoping four quarterbacks go because then that gives the Bears a really good shot at a guy like, and this is my personal favorite, Quentin Nelson, would be ideal in my brain because uh, the Bears do take some hits on the offensive line. Sinton was let go. Uh, Bobby Massey's been iffy at times, uh, really, and Kyle Long's had injuries. So Quentin Nelson has been a beast at Notre Dame. They, as we all know, they hired Notre Dame's uh, offensive line coach. I'm blanking on his name right now. I just think he'd fit really well. I think he's it would be very good to upgrade the offensive line in front of Trubisky, keep him upright. I think he would do wonders for the running game, for Cohen, for Howard. I just I love <laughs> I love everything about this guy. I think he's awesome. I think he would do really well in Chicago. Uh, that's my ideal pick, but there is a chance he doesn't fall that far. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that. I think the Jets moving up to to three is really going to make everything super interesting. 
because it's just going to push everybody. <laughs> if you remember last year, everybody's like, oh, shoot, Mitch Trubisky's got it. We got to move. And so I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen this year. Jets are going to pick quarterback. Browns are eventually are going to pick a quarterback either with the first or fourth, fourth pick. Um, and so there's a high chance that Quentin Nelson could drop. Uh, Chris? Yeah, yeah um, Quentin Nelson's definitely one of the guys I like. Um, I think he'd be perfect. And I feel like um, he's a pretty safe pick as well. A uh, safe pick with a lot of potential. Um, like, I, I see a really low chance of him being a bust um, from what I've seen. He's, just, he's, he's fantastic. Um, the one guy, uh, I know I just recently joined the bears nations, the bears nation team, but, uh, and I know you guys have just recently started following me and talking to me, but one guy that I've been high on since the beginning of the college football season is Will on, Smith. On. Oh shoot. I thought it was, I thought it was Tremaine Edmonds. Dang it. I was gonna, I was gonna make yeah, it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. You go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tremaine <laughs> Edmonds is a guy I'm actually not that high on. Okay. Um, but I, I, I absolutely love Rokon Smith. Um, he's, he has the football IQ of, I don't even know. I I don't even have words for him, man. He's, he's phenomenal. Um, you know, he's, he's, he'll be in the backfield and before you can even snap your fingers, um, his football IQ, I actually did a breakdown on Twitter, um, of some of his highlights and just his football awareness is insane. Um, and we, and like we all mentioned, I mean, a linebacker is a need for us. So, um, Quentin Nelson or Roquan Smith, one of those guys. Um, but, Mark my words, Roquan Smith will be the best player from this draft. Oh, that's bold. I, I like it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, safe picks, though. I, I do. And even in the event that Nelson is gone um, for the Bears, there are so many guys. I mean, even we didn't even mention Denzel Ward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, someone, I think, uh, who's the corner from Iowa who I'm blanking on? Joshua Jackson. Yes. Josh Jackson's very good. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways the Bears could go. I mean, it's crazy to think that uh, just a few months ago we were thinking that Calvin Ridley was going to be the eighth overall pick. And then yeah. Yeah. happened. So, I mean, who knows what could happen? I, I mean, uh, in the crazy event that Saquon Barkley even falls, I mean, <laughs> then you have options there too. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do if he's there? You've got to either trade down or – or I, I don't even know, to be honest with you, because he's such a good player. But at the same time, we have we have a solid run backing uh, – run back – running back uh core so i mean what would you guys do that's an interesting topic what would you guys do if saquon barkley was there at eight i mean it would definitely be interesting especially with the rumors about jordan howard possibly being traded that we've seen um you know i personally would trade down um i think that would be the best best case scenario for us i don't feel like there's a need to break to break up howard and cohen i i mean howard did great cohen did great last year and that was with you know team stack in the box against us a ton um so now that we actually have weapons you know they could both be utilized fantastically so you know personally i would trade down i i wouldn't draft saquon barkley as phenomenal as he is i just i just don't think there's a need for it i don't think you know because you already have two players who've played together um you know cohen and like cohen and howard like we like to call them thunder and lightning so i mean i don't really see a need to to break them up and start fresh with with a rookie who could possibly bust. I'm not, I'm not saying he's gonna, don't, don't take my word for that. I'm not saying he's going to bust or anything, but just, um, you know, I, I feel like there's no need to start over if you will. No. Uh, yeah, I agree. If the rumors about Howard had come to fruition, uh, 
either when Moen, when Jarvis Landry was on the market or let just last week. Uh, and I mean, it still could happen, but assuming Jordan Howard stays in Chicago and by all means, I hope he does, because like you said, Chris, what the bears have with him and Cohen is a really good thing. Uh, I think you have to pass on him in the event that Howard is still on the bears because uh, just pretty much everything Chris said, the bears have an established pair of running backs who have done really well. Howard has two back-to-back thousand yard seasons. Cohen, there's a lot you can do with him, uh, that combination. And I think that's a prime opportunity because someone would probably want to move up for Barkley then because uh, the price for the number four pick is not the same as the price for the number eight pick. Uh, don't get me wrong. The bears could still get a ton in compensation for that, but I think teams would be more willing to move up to number eight than number, say number four for Barkley. And uh, I think a lot more opportunities present themselves in that situation. And the reality of it all is you got guys, guys like Kareem hunt, uh, Alvin Kamara, and even Jordan mm-hmm. Howard, who are later round guys, uh, being, superstars in the league last year um you don't need to waste a number eight pick on a running back and i'm not saying saquon barkley is going to be a waste kind of like what you were saying chris i have no idea the point is the point being is there's there's value guys up there that you could grab as opposed to a running back so even if we didn't have jordan howard i would i don't know where i stand on drafting a running back that high yeah, I, I just wanted to throw one more thing in there. This this class specifically is incredibly deep at running back. So even if we did want to bring a guy in, I mean, we could wait for for the later rounds and find an absolute gem. So, yeah, I, I 100%, especially in this draft, I would definitely trade down um, and pass up on Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about guys like Sony Michelle, who was a beast in the national championship game. You're talking about guys like him being in the third or fourth round. Uh, guys like Darius Juice, who uh, took over for Leonard Fournette at LSU, he had a very strong season. He could be available on the third day. Uh, tons of guys. I mean, uh, Nick Chubb, even who was a yeah. phenomenal rusher at Georgia before he had some injury issues, he could be available on the third day. So uh, there's, like you said, there's going to be a lot of options uh, in the event that Barkley falls. It's not an absolute need to get him, no matter how good he may be in the future. Yeah. Um, who are some unknown guys that you guys have kind of been keeping your eyes on in the draft? Um, for me, uh, Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State. Uh, he's a big wide receiver. He's strong. He can go up and get it. Um, I think he'd be an absolute steal. I, he, he was projected to be like a sixth or seventh rounder um, early in the offseason, but I think his stock went up to maybe like the third or fourth round. Um I think he's phenomenal. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, safety from Texas, is another guy that I've had my eye on. Um, he kind of reminds me – this this is going to be really bold, but he kind of reminds me of Earl Thomas when he was at uh, he was at Texas. Um, he's wow. an absolute playmaker. Um, I think I think he's really, 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 really good. Um, so, yeah, those are two guys in maybe the – in maybe day three that, uh, that we can keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Hamilton's really good. I mean, being at Illinois and the Big Ten, I got to see, I got to hear about him a little bit more, and he is—he's good. I think he's going to be a lot better than people think, for sure, uh, in the future. Uh, I mean, guys, I mean, it's hard to call a guy who's projected to be top ten uh, a sleeper, I guess. But Edmonds does pop out to me. I mean, he's only nineteen, I think. I mean, he's younger than me, which is crazy. 
And I mean, he can do all these things. He can, he can be a rusher. And I think he does have a lot of potential to be a very good all around linebacker as well. Um, I know. And I mean, even I said, I, I'm really in love with Nelson, but I think in the event that he's not available or he's not what the bears are looking for, Edmonds could be really good. And I, I would gladly take him as a uh, runner up pick, I guess, if you will. One guy that I, <laughs> I I've mentioned this guy a, a few times on Twitter and it has not, uh, it has not came to fruition Twitter wise. Like I wanted retweets, I wanted likes, I wanted clicks, and, and I didn't get any of that with this guy. But it's a wide receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and he's projected uh, sixth and seventh round. And he's he's six four, two hundred and six pounds, and he ran a four three seven forty yard dash. The dude is like. He's super raw. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, he's he's coming out of USF. Like, it's it's not like he's coming out of this giant school. Um, but I like I just really like him. I I have a I wrote an article about him and uh, I have his highlights up there. But it, like, it's just fun to watch him because he's just so fast. Like, there's one highlight where he caught the it was he caught the ball and he had four guys on him and then all of a sudden he just turned the Jets on and then he was just gone. And it, it's just cool to see people go from from zero to 60 in no time at all. And like it, he's got all the speed of Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen with the size of Allen Robinson. So it was just a neat prospect to me. Speaking of USF, uh, their, no, their defensive tackle, uh, D'Ajan Sanat, he was very good. Um, he's, a, he's a nose tackle, defensive tackle. Um, USF actually can – they had some good players. And I think, like you said, it will probably get knocked a little for coming out of a smaller school, not really great competition, but I mean, he had six sacks and 10 and a half tackles for loss in the senior season. Uh, he's not ideal size, but I mean, the bears don't have a problem with size. I mean, they know they've shown that they have no problem taking guys who are a little bit smaller, who may not, uh, fit a traditional mold for a player. So I think, uh, he would be really cool. Uh, he's been very effective in all four years at USF too. <laughs> have you guys heard the name Wyatt Teller guard? Uh, yeah, yeah, that name is familiar. Um, so Um, he was supposed to be super good, like, coming in 2016, he was supposed to be like this god of an offensive guard, and he's just he, I I don't have his measurements right now, but um, I've got him here, 6'5, 270. Yeah, he's just a big, he's just a monster Mm -hmm. of a guy, and um, actually, if you could look up his his, uh, draft day, um, oh. NFL has him at six four three hundred, so even bigger. Yeah, look up his bench press. I think he had like thirty. I think thirty exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, the guy's big. The guy's strong. Uh, but his <laughs> his knock in twenty seventeen was, I guess, got lazy. Is is the mm-hmm. all, what all the what everybody was saying? But he under Harry Highstand, who's supposedly a offensive line guru. Um, I think I think he could re reestablish himself as one of the top guards uh in the nfl so especially with his size and his strength i think that that obviously you need that at that position because there's just so many big guys up there like that you're talking about guys like sue and uh aaron donald just really giant ginormous people so you need those big guys in the center yeah i mean he was voted uh all conference in 2017 at guard as coaches vote so and his, yeah i think He's projected fifth, fifth and sixth round. So I mean, it's not like yeah. we're paying a lot for him, right? Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah. So, so I, I just want to do some player highlights, just some guys that are on our squad now that 
maybe aren't getting love because of the draft. I, I just want to go over Jordan Howard, Marcus Cooper, and Tanner Gentry. Uh, Jordan Howard, I hate that he's getting so much hate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as yeah. soon as as soon as yeah. those rumors popped up, they were like, "Oh, we don't like we love Jordan Howard. We love Jordan Howard." Oh wait, he's going to be traded. He sucks. Like the, the dude is like he's got elite vision and that's stuff you can't teach okay like catches yeah go work on catching the ball like you need to do that but he does what running backs are supposed to do and that's take the ball and go get a first down and the guy just pushes through tackles um but from a scheme standpoint coming into Matt Nagy's system do you think he fits I think that's where I want to kind of dive into y'all's brain um right now so go ahead you know looking at it I, I love Jordan Howard. Um, the fit, I'm not sure if it's there right now, um, but like just the way, like you were saying, Josh, like it was just incredible how people just started switching up on him. Like, you know, everyone was calling him a top five running back, and then these trade rumors came up, and everyone started saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, he's he's replaceable." I mean, we got him in the in the what was it, the fifth round? Yeah, you know, he's replaceable. I mean, we can we can uh, we can find someone in the later rounds or the mid rounds. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, it's unbelievable, like, how people just switched up on him so quickly. Um, but, like, a guy with his talent should not be given up on without even, you know, trying to see if he fits, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, he's, he's so damn talented that, you know, you got to at least try, try to find a way to implement him in the system. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the fit is questionable. Um but I think if anybody's going to make it work, it's going to be Nagy. Um, he's shown a well. I mean, he made things work with Kareem Hunt, uh, a bunch of other running backs in Kansas City. I think he's. I don't think he's just going to say, "Okay, Jordan Howard, go. You're a back-to-back thousand-yard rusher. Go sit on the sideline while we work with everyone else." I mean, Nagy knows what he has, and I mean, people. I mean, it's fair to question the fit because Howard isn't the best receiver. Um, he's more of a north-to-south runner, but. He's very good at it. So um, I I like him. I still like him on the Bears. I still think he has a valuable part to play. And I think that uh, we do have that thunder-lightning combo to do, and I think that makes other defensives, defenses nervous, especially if Howard has improved his receiving, as he said he has, over the last year or so. I brought up the term Swiss Army knife earlier, and I don't think there's one – player on our team that you could call it like a Swiss Army knife that could do it all but Matt Nagy's offensive um, mind is a Swiss Army knife so he wants all of those options his his playbook is the Swiss Army knife is what I'm saying so he wants the option to be able to throw it to the tight end he wants to be able to have the option to hand it off to the running back and throw him up the middle he wants the option of having Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel as these shifty guys he wants all these options so to get rid of Jordan Howard that just takes away one of his tools that he has on this uh, imaginary Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's that's a very good point. Um, so let's. I, I just wanted to bring up Marcus Cooper being re-signed because of his stupid play. Um, I forget what week it was. I think it was week three. I know it was against the Steelers. It was two or three. Um, where he he uh, we got. Who who blocked that punt? I think it was was it McManus? I think McManus blocked the punt, and then Cooper picked it up, ran down, and then just got cocky, fumbled the ball, and ever since then he has had this looming "I hate you" <laughs> cloud yeah. over him by the fans. But really, 
he was a pretty serviceable cornerback three. Like there was a couple of games where he just shut people down. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but there was a few games where he gave quarterbacks uh, like a 23 passer rating, like really low passer rating. But I, I don't know if you guys have more to add to that, but um, he really wasn't a bad cornerback is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Josh. Um, I think he had some okay moments. Um, but the, the thing about that fumble is prior, I think it was, I think it was week three. Uh, but prior to that, he was, he, I still remember the beginning of the year, he struggled so much and then he got that, uh, he got that fumble, he picked it up and then, um, or the block, the block kick, sorry. Was it a punt or was it a, a field goal? It was a field goal. It was a field goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely field. a field goal. Yeah. So, and then like prior to that, you know, he wasn't playing well and then he just, he pulled that crap off and everybody just turned on him quick. Yeah. But, um, I just, I, I feel like we could do better as a, as a cornerback three, uh, for a cornerback three. Sorry. Um, I don't do not like him at all. I remember he was, he got benched. Um, and I remember reports coming out of how Fangio was kind of unhappy with him and that's why they started using other guys, um, but yeah, I feel like he struggled a lot. Um, he might, you know, he had some okay moments, but I think we can, I think we can upgrade at cornerback three personally. Jake, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean Cooper. I mean he did get benched for a reason. I mean Fangio got sick of him for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I mean he's fine for depth, but that shouldn't stop them for going for another corner. Dang, got shut down. Okay, Cooper, you suck. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tanner Gentry, uh, I, I can't wait to see him in Nagy's uh, uh, playbook, like just to see what he's going to do with him. Because I know when he was last year, when he was actually put in the game, like he's not the number one guy, but he he definitely showed signs of of being able to be serviceable. Um, but I, I love how every year there's a there's a white wide receiver that the Bears love, and they're like, oh, this is going to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, like two years ago, it was uh, Daniel Braverman. Braverman, then, yeah. Uh, last year it was Tanner Gentry, and I don't know who it's going to be this year, but I, I, I think it's funny that Bears fans kind of jump on him. But what, what do you guys think? Have you guys evaluated him or looked at him, or do you think he's actually going to be good, or is he going to be a Daniel Braverman again that just flops? Um. I, I, let's just start off right away. I think he's way better than Daniel Braverman. Um, I actually went to training camp uh, this past summer, um, before last year, and he he looked actually he looked really good actually. Um, I remember him catching past Trubisky, and you know the crowd went crazy. Um, but no, I, I mean he's he's good. I feel like Bears fans overrate him slightly, um, but I think he could be a very good depth wide receiver. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he'll ever be, you know, the star that some Bears fans talk about him like he is. But I think he'll he'll be a very, you know, very solid and reliable uh, wide receiver, depth wide receiver. Well, that was Bears Nation podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Chris. Jake. And we will see you next time. Go Bears. Let's go.